I just want to begin by saying that you have probably noticed that the incredible poet and songwriter Leonard Cohn has had a part to play in our service this morning. Um, the music of Leonard Cohen delicately balances the deep, great melancholy of the human spirit, but manages to fold in some kind of comfort. I invite you to go dive into the words and music of this great man. At the back of the sanctuary are the printed words to the music that has been sung today so beautifully by our choir and Zan. If you'd like to take it with you, please do. And as I was thinking of this service, I've been thinking about it for a long time. I was so focused on kind of the pieces and parts that were going to bring it together in some meaningful way. And it was yesterday morning that I woke up feeling this deep well of sadness. And I know that that has much to do with the way that I pull services and worship together, which really are love letters to all of you, and wanting to hold whatever is in this room with such care and the best care I could. But it's also in me, because I'm human. And I said this morning to a congregant when I first came in that I'm, I wouldn't have it any other way. Because to stand up here and try to put my finger on the well of tears which many of us are drawing from right now is to feel it myself and to feel joy, which is a strange thing. And yet it is the thing. So in singing that hymn, Comfort Me, Oh, Comfort Me, it really is a prayer, isn't it? And I'm thinking that many of us struggle with this kind of ask. I certainly do. And how often have you asked for comfort and then felt the need to make it all okay. Close it out with a, I'll be fine. It could be worse. It is what it is. Or how many of us have apologized after sharing our pain with someone else. Or felt badly for bringing down the mood. as good as it has often felt to share my own deepest sufferings with a trusted someone, I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't come easily for me. Being vulnerable can be hard work. 
And I know that this orientation has much to do with my own family of origin. We all have the stories we come from, right? For me, there just wasn't enough room for my own suffering. It was a chaotic place, and being vulnerable just didn't feel safe. And I get to now learn how to do this. We get to learn how to do this. But coupled with this, the painful truth is that our society and culture, well, they don't give out prizes and praises for taking up space with our pain. Taking up space, right? As if we are taking something from someone for feeling our feelings. Have you ever felt that? Yeah, yeah. But if our pain and our sorrows and our wells of tears are not cared for in some way, I believe we risk losing something vitally important within ourselves. And I hope you can hear that. That if our pain and sorrow and wells of tears are not cared for in some way, that we risk losing something vitally important within ourselves. The winter solstice is coming up on December 21st. And as the night stretches itself out before us, those vast, dark nights, as Joyce Rupp writes, we might attempt to make our pain, our deep, suffered tears, our own vast darknesses, sacred. We might attempt this. The first noble truth of Buddhism tells us that when we feel suffering, it doesn't mean that something is wrong. And I'm going to quote Pema Chodron right now in her book, When Things Fall Apart. What a relief. Finally, somebody told the truth that when we feel suffering, it doesn't mean that something is wrong. You know, I do realize that not all of us feel so suffered right now, as I said at the start of the service. And I'm certain there are many in this sanctuary who come alive with joy during this beautiful time of year. Not everyone is faking it. And I'm also certain that we cannot possibly be people who run towards pain and suffering with open arms welcoming it all with exuberance. Good God, no. I think that when I look at that 
pink joy Advent candle. For those of you who are raised in the Catholic tradition, you know that today is the day of joy, which at first felt completely out of place as I planned this service, but then suddenly it felt so very right because we want to choose one over the other, don't we? But as we look to our beautiful pool of light that we create from week to week, we also know that they exist together and that in many ways they can't be separated. And so I'd like to offer you some words from Khalil Gibran's stunning masterpiece, The Prophet, I'm sure a lot of you know it, where he dedicates a whole chapter to joy and sorrow. He says, your joy is your sorrow unmasked. And the self-same well from which your laughter rises was oftentimes filled with your tears. And how else can it be? The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. When you are joyous, look deep into your heart and you shall find it is only that which has given you sorrow that is giving you joy. When you are sorrowful, look again in your heart And you shall see that in truth, you are weeping for that which has been your delight. Some of you say joy is greater than sorrow. And others say, nay, sorrow is the greater. But I say unto you, they are inseparable. And so my hope and prayer is that no matter where we we fall in all of this, that we can claim it as sacred, right, and good. That we can gently gift this to ourselves and each other during this great season of intermingling light and darkness, joy and sorrow. And that if we are in darkness, may we feel comforted by a great and holy presence that indeed loves us. May it be so. May it be so.